welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season card holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. Well, after two false starts, we actually got to play a game in this season's Champions Cup. It was a case of Saturday night fever as the Bears put on their dancing shoes and waltzed to a bonus point victory over Stade Francais. We'll also look forward in this pod to the final pool game in that there Wales against them Scarlets. With qualification to the knockouts guaranteed, we ask, how will Pat approach this game? All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony and I'm joined by Lee Miles and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, it's great to be back at Lee's place, but I've got to say, it's been a while since there's the four of us, but sadly no longer the five of us. No, the tree is uh, has been put away for another 12 months. I <laughs> will be honest, it was only a couple of days ago that it happened. But I thought, well, we do need the space, boys. And obviously, I think maybe, you know, it's good for the for the old recorder, isn't it? You know, to have some clear space between us. Uh, uh, absolutely. And uh, Pete, how are you, fella? Have you had a good weekend? Yeah, not bad. I'm a bit, bit tired. I've got a lot of marking this weekend. <laughs> a lot of things on. And, and you know what, Tony? This week has been one of those weeks where... You realise when you when you realise how insignificant you are as a human being. Like nothing interesting really has happened, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why the only thing I was looking forward to was going to the rugby on Saturday because everything else was just the same old, same old kind of drudgery. So just saying, boys, you get those feelings. You know, obviously most of the time I'm I'm full of it, but just every now and again you get those weeks where you just think this is. What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> wow. There and we people are listening to this on a Monday morning on their commute to work. Yeah. Well, well, well they? hopefully they'll realise that they've got something that, you know... It's, what, their lives they, are better off. Yeah, exactly. It's all relative, <laughs> isn't it? I've, I've tried to make them feel a little bit more special. Well, we're recording this on our, our normal Sunday evening slot, and I do believe it's uh, it's Blue Monday tomorrow, which uh, is supposed well, to be go, the, the most depressing day of the year. Well, that's it. It's, it's, there's, oh, yeah. it's, it's not just... It's, there's, there's something sort of genetic or, you know... Uh, Environmental, sorry about it. So. And, and, and you're living proof there. I am. You're down. Um, Miles, let's let's lift it up a bit. Um, <laughs> my, my wife was celebrating her birthday uh, uh, on Saturday night and uh, some of the girls went out and uh, I think the Duchess was responsible for some, some tequila slammers. Uh, I, yeah, I did hear that this morning. I mean, I was tucked up in bed by about 11pm having... Had a few few sherbets at the rugby and got to bed to go to work today to find out that my wife was and and and, and Tony's wife were out to like half one in the morning doing. She said I didn't mix many drinks, but we had tequila slammers, uh, cocktails, and a prosecco tree with some glitter or something like that. So it sounds like the partners had a fantastic night and. We had an equally enjoyable night watching the rugby. So we've gone, we've gone from a Christmas tree to a Prosecco yeah, tree. Something like that. <laughs> we have. Well, let's talk rugby. Um, uh, yeah, after two uh, cancelled games, we actually got to see the Bears play in a, the European Champions Cup. Uh, and it was, uh, well, a, a, a very heartwarming win for the Bears. But let me come to, to you first, Miles. 
uh, team sheets out on uh, Friday. Your thoughts? Were you uh, pretty confident when you saw both teams line up? Well, I was I was wrong, wasn't I? I think last week, didn't I say no. that? No. No, it's not like me. I mean, since the tree's gone, I might have some, uh, you know, less pre- competition and more pressure. Yeah. But I think I may have said, if you listened to last week, that I think it'll put out a week aside with some strong players on the bench. Totally wrong, because you put out, apart from Bedlow, who maybe picked up an off, exactly the same, really strong side. So, I, I, you know, take my hat off to Pat, and I apologise to listeners for my... Poor choice last week, but I thought that was. I thought Pat is going there with one, one, one intent, and that is to smash uh, Star France and win the game. Yeah, and uh, Lee, they they had some uh, players missing um, or decided not to travel. And of course, talk about travel. I believe you saw the uh, the stud coach on Saturday morning. I did, Tony. It was it was really funny actually because I I dropped my eldest daughter off into town, and um, and as I was coming back. I was driving down Coronation Road and you know you almost do a double take and I looked up and I thought that's a Stade Francais coach and I saw the, the first thing I saw was the driver's eyes and he just looked like he I, I have no idea like why he was there or like he had no idea why he was there <laughs> and I was thinking you know maybe a little tour of Bemister, you know a little tour of East Street maybe they had to pop into Asda to get some groceries or something on the way but it was one of those surreal moments and you just think it's the least point I'd expect to see is you know a Stade France 18 coach on Coronation Road and he, he was driving away from Ashton Gate he was driving he? Yeah. yeah I think what they must have done is obviously instead of taking the first turn towards Ashton Gate they'd obviously taken the second one maybe but you know, you could tell. I mean, the thing is, with these roadworks as well on Bemster Green, if they get caught, if they got caught up in that, that's a hell of a long way around, isn't it? If you don't know where you're going with a, with a coach as well. So well, we it was al- quite funny. We always get annoyed about the, the lack of stadium geography awareness of visiting fans or fair weather fans. But, I mean, for a whole away team to have dreadful geography, I mean, that's that's saying, that's taking it to another level, isn't it? But, but, it just can't, but you saw them in a car park somewhere well, as well, they, they were the, They were at the McCure Hotel... One of our um, listeners posted a picture of them doing some sort of vague like warm-up in their tracksuits in the car park with all these cars around. And uh, I mean, I don't know, I don't know who their team manager is, but they obviously didn't get that organised, did they? And uh, in terms of preparation for the game, but yeah, it was a lovely coach though, by the way, team. All that, all was that. It, was it pink? Coach? It was pink. It was, and you saw the, the all, obviously all the players were on there, and the tracksuits all pink. And, so they. They driven Driver. all the way from Paris. They didn't fly. Well, they, they, they must have driven there. It's a team yeah. coach. Yeah. Well, fair play. Yeah. Right. Well, on that bombshell, um, let's talk about the game. So, uh, Pete, um, first fifteen minutes, it uh, we could see it was going to be uh, quite an open game, and then uh, that first try that Mr. Purdy scored. Talk us through it. Well, the first 15, as you say, Tony, was a, a bit of toing and froing, and no one could get quite get control. But I felt personally quite relaxed. It just felt a bit. The pressure was off, not having some sort of filthy Premiership side coming to to try and beat us up and stifle all our space. And um, I just felt the players had this kind of this, this desire to get back to their roots, to get back to the DNA of lobbing it around, running 
willy-nilly, offloading when they can. And it took a bit of time, but when it came, oh, my word, what a try that was. And, of course, it was our own pocket rocket with the razzle-dazzle, with the magic in his boots. He's the one, I mean, fantastic Randall, quick penalty, wasn't it? Um, in, and although, actually, they were quite respectful, Stad, to not try and tackle him before 10 metres. If you remember back in last season in Bordeaux when they smashed him after about a metre and got away with it, well, Bordeaux did. Um, yeah, and actually, but having said that, he did a quite a nice little off uh, handoff to one of the big lumps that did eventually try and get him. But actually, what was the best thing about that try was just the timing of his little pop pass to yeah. Purdy because he had a quick look over his shoulder and it was almost like a kind of reverse pop looking the other way and it, it was a, it was beautiful it was a thing of beauty and it's something that we've always moaned about that we don't quite seem to draw the man properly at the right time but that, that was perfection well it had even dummied me because I, I actually thought he was going to pop that out to Dan Thomas because yeah. mm. that was the easier pass yeah. if you looked at it mm. um, and then it, when it went back to Purdy and obviously Purdy's running it's an easy try but it was the timing was absolute perfection I've got to say with Purdy though he, he also went for the little finger. <laughs> now I wonder whether there's been a bit of uh, a bit of ban- banter in the squad in the week after Andy Uren's little finger to score that there's been some sort of uh, some sort of bet or some sort of thing going on that anybody that has a run in uh, has to has to, has to do the little finger. shaky finger as they do. <laughs> that, that definitely was an Andy Uren digit. <laughs> yeah, way, yeah, it was, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, very very similar. No coincidence there. Um, and then Miles. Um, we uh, get to 23 minutes, we score the second try. Uh, Piers O'Connor, uh, lovely work try, but all set up again by Randall, wasn't it, with that, that fabulous kick? Oh, yeah, that was a huge kick, wasn't it? Yeah. From some sort of nearly back in our 22, I think, to get us uh, to get us the luck. Well, it must have been a 50-22, wasn't it? Yeah. Because mm. it was our throw. I mean, it was a really accurate throw by Capon uh, to Hawkins, who then sort of like covertly passed it down to Dan Thomas, and I watched it replay this evening. It was amazing. He did a, a, a dummy inside. Uh, I've forgotten who the sort of dummy runner was. Cape on. It was Cape coming on. around the yeah. corner, yeah. And then sneakily belted it into the blind side, didn't he? Unawares to Stad. Uh, passed it to Randall, who then passed it to O'Connor um, and scored a try. It was just fantastic. I thought the ingenuity of... You know, it's obviously a play they practice on the training ground, but to come off like that from DT, that was great thinking and a lovely try. It's always something nice about a blindside try as well, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? That there's Dirty, less space it? in it. Yeah. It's filthy. It was it's filthy, filthy, that try. <laughs> I do wonder whether that's come from our relative failure of our of our role in Mall actually, this season. Is we, we've talked about this in the past, haven't we? That last season we were scoring... You know, willy nilly on 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 lineouts closing the twenty two, but have kind of struggled a bit this season. So it's nice to see that there's been a bit of thought put into that. And uh, uh, yeah, it was a really good try, wasn't it? Yeah, and I I think um, you know Randall set it up with that kick, mm. but also taking the pass from Thomas. It was incredibly quick hands to get mm. the ball out to O'Connor. And to be honest, he didn't have any right to beat three men. But no. I think their winger just more or less sat down rather than <laughs> yeah. tried to tackle him. Uh, but it's good to see him uh, him score, uh, and then we were cruising, weren't we? We looked uh, completely in control, going to see it out, keep shut them out for the first half, and uh, then all of a sudden they get that try before half time. Yeah, we did a Bristol thing again, didn't we? I mean, we, me and Pete had actually. You remember was, that try, didn't you? It was all done. We do yeah. remember it. Yes, <laughs> but no, I mean, people said it was a soft try, but actually, I did think well, you know, it, it was. 
it was innovative from uh, Sanchez as well. Just a little kick over the top, and it's just those little things that obviously, I mean, from nothing they've gone, you know, to to getting the ball over the try line, yeah. try line, and we've gone in fourteen seven at half time instead of fourteen points up. But you know, I mean, Sanchez is a is a good number ten. He's a good decent number ten, and he does always give you that option. He's always that danger, isn't he? I mean, I think he was linked with us a couple of years ago, wasn't he? Um, if I remember rightly. But yeah, it was it was so Bristol where we did think that we were on top of it. But you know, we like to do things the hard way, don't we? Yeah, I think there were two things, weren't there? There was the the fifty twenty two that they got, yeah. and should Lloyd have done better? But I think when you look at yeah. back on the telly, it did take a real massive deviation, deviation, the bounce, which yeah. which which really threw him. And then again, I think when you hear the commentary, they were saying, you know, should someone have was there hesitation? To me, I think the ball just fell perfectly yeah, in the yeah. right place for their guy. So, I, I think that would be a bit harsh to um, to, to to lay any blame there. So, uh, Miles, it's fourteen uh, seven. Then, um, how were your feelings at half time? Were you still confident, or was this one of those times where you suddenly think, "Oh God, is it all going to turn round?" No, I, I as the boys said, uh, that Sanchez sort of kick and chase was a bit against the run of play, and I think you know we were. We were playing well. We were playing good running rugby, doing lots of offloads, and I think even then it was 14-7, and then there was a quick penalty after half time, get back to 14-10, wasn't it? But I think um, no, I was confident that we were probably going to go on and get the bonus point and get you know even two, three, four more tries the way we were running the ball around. Well, Pete, I mean, one of the things we we've been critical, and I think rightly so, of Bristol is often uh, we score and then concede straight away. But it was a bit of a reversal, wasn't it? Because Sanchez Sanchez hit that penalty on 47, the ball goes down their end, and Randall scores that fantastic try on 49 minutes. But that did come from a um, Sanchez knock-on, didn't it? Yeah. Mm. uh, So, yeah, whilst he had delivered and executed a fantastic little chip through just before half-time, he had a shocker straight after, and it gave us a scrum, which we scored from. And it was, well, it's what they say is telephone box stuff, wasn't it, from Randall? He he, he sidestepped about four players in the space of a telescope. There was one one of the forwards that he sidestepped. Oh, I watched it on the highlights, yeah. and he went down, and he was just he just he just fell face planted, on his face planted like on his elbow straight onto the turf. It was and he, it, it was it like what was, it was beautiful. That is the sort someone someone needs to freeze frame that just as Rand was gone. It was superb. But what I what a fantastic finish that was. It was it was very Piatowesque actually, because Charles Piatow's always been known for those really those really quick sidesteps uh, almost like kind of I don't know what we'd call it like sort of scissor hand side you know they're just crossing over the feet just seem to go like that but was yeah that from the free kick where that stab player faked throwing it in from the line was that the infringement possibly they were no that no because it was from, from a free it kick was, no it was from it. their line out they won the line out and then passed it back to Sanchez who dropped it yeah, <laughs> yeah. he knocked it on so it was I mean it was fortunate but then again, like we say, you're in their territory, you're in it to win it, aren't you? And uh, yeah. obviously from the scrum, yeah, what a finish that was. And then uh, 10 minutes later, 59 minutes, uh, O'Connor bags his second. And Lee, what a beautifully uh, worked uh, try that was. It was beautiful. And actually, you just finished what Pete's just said, talk about Piatow-esque. I mean, Luke Moran was fantastic all game, wasn't he? Mm. And, and then... It, it, I mean, it was loose rugby. I mean, we'll all admit that. I think we uh, we jumped up and shouted a few times, didn't we? 
and it was going along the line. Um, but what I loved is every single player was looking for that one opening, one opening, and Morahan inevitably is always the guy that, that sees it and he just went through that gap and as mm. soon as he's gone away and a bit like we just mentioned there with um, Randall it was it, for me it was the, the timing of the pass again um, and then obviously Moran passing inside to O'Connor to score but Moran, if you if you see there's two defenders coming towards him but he actually sidestepped one to take him out of the action and then passes to O'Connor. It was a cheeky little and dummy. It, it, it was well, beautiful because, yeah. you know what I mean, he's, he's already taken one player out of the equation right. then and, and Piers O'Connor has just got a clean run in. I know we'll get to this in a bit, but I thought Moran was, was you know, obviously Randall's pinched him for man of the match, but Moran for me was brilliant yesterday. Mm. Yeah, every game he plays at 15, he's looking mm. uh, looking better and better. The, my, my only, and this seems really churlish to say this, <laughs> my, my only soon. criticism, I mean, O'Connor... Morahan just managing to get that offload I thought Morahan maybe had left it too late yeah. but brilliant offload to O'Connor a little bit surprised O'Connor just didn't put a little bit more gas to get under yeah, the post I, yeah but we've said that before haven't we yeah a uh, little bit surprised he didn't you know just give Callum the easiest of kicks but there we are mm-hmm. don't, want to, don't want to complain too much um, and then I think 65 minutes uh, they kicked to the corner from a penalty um, it was a, a good forward move, Miles, and uh, they got on the score sheet. And actually, a few subs that they brought in uh, on that second half, just for about 20 minutes or so, they looked really rejuvenated, didn't mm. they, in that second half? Yeah, that's right. certain some of the forwards. I mean, like that was a, a typical sort of good forwards pick and go try from that penalty, wasn't it? Um, I mean, yeah, that's hard to defend. I think the commentators were saying, oh, great defence by Bristol, but they were very strong, and perhaps they, you know, the energising from those forwards got them across the line so I, I, I can't knock Bristol too much it was difficult to defend those those sort of tries and fair play and fair play to Stad. I mean it was a weakened Stad Francais side but I actually thought they played quite well without kind of hmm. you know, I didn't feel like we were ever in danger of losing a game but I actually thought they you know some of their boys stepped up and I thought they were quite a decent side to be honest and do you know what it reminded me of of like the um kind of early 80s the England-France games back in the the kind of Gus Scott uh, Carlin era where you know you just saw teams running from their own try line I thought yeah. I thought their full back was really really impressive actually yeah. he, he, he had some really good runs but isn't it nice not to see it just a forward battle that yeah. both teams yeah. wanting to play running rugby getting the ball out taking chances um, and then Pete we, we had <laughs> Okay, maybe it's too much to say a turning point. They had another penalty just after the one that they scored from. Uh, I think everyone probably in the ground was expecting them to kick to the corner. Uh, And then uh, our friend Sanchez decides the massive crossfield kick mm. how did you see that because that, that was right right in front of the dolman wasn't it yeah where, where... I, I don't know really yeah it's just I, I'm struggling to remember exactly what happened <laughs> to be honest but you're right I mean it, it was a bit of an odd thing but I don't know he's a maverick isn't he, he he's <laughs> yeah. a maverick but didn't, didn't even come close did no he didn't at all Con- Connor took it in front yeah, of the dolman exactly. called the mark yeah. quick tap and we, we were off again yeah, yeah. Uh, and, that, and that was the uh, that was the scoring finish so uh let me come to you then, uh, Lee, and uh, maybe talk about the performances 
in the pack who uh, who stood out for you? Well, I thought they all had a good game. I mean, as um, you know, to a man, I thought they were all they were all as to use coin it Miles phrase solid. Um, I guess the ones that stand out, I thought I thought Hawkins was was good. I thought Hawkins and, and Joyce seemed to pair up quite well together and you think that was his first start in a Champions Cup game uh-huh. and this is a guy that remember like what was it two three years ago we met his mum and dad and come down from Bedfordshire and then yeah. you know really tight family unit and it was it, it was lovely to see Hawkins get on the field so I, I, I you know I thought he was well Vui for me he was just doing Vui things and me and Pete said when the game was on it's just it's like every time you look up it's Chris Vui it's, it's like he's either he's doing hey, what he's there it he's was, there it was like it there was. was about it looked like there was about five Chris Vuies yeah. on the pitch at and one point he's just one of those players you could probably stick him anywhere and he'd do a job for you wouldn't he mm. so I mean you know he was great again Dan Thomas again you know yeah. he was jackling the, you know he was just being Dan Thomas and the air is starting to grow back as well now, isn't it? So that you know, it's kind of people are going to have to try and distinguish yeah. between Fitz and, I mean, and Dan I Thomas. A, <laughs> at one point, he sort of rushed the line. I think took out their number ten, didn't yeah, he? he? He did. was so yeah. quick at the jackal. Yeah. He was brilliant. Yeah. I wonder. With just going back to Vui, it just struck me that because we at the moment have got some real strength in depth in at lock with with Hawkins coming in, Joyce just establishing himself as a first on the team sheet, and Holmes came on. And I just think, I just think, Vui moving him to to flanker it, it gave him, to me, it looked like he, he kind of the pressure was off him a little a bit. bit. Freedom, he didn't yeah. feel like he had to be the the kind of the the the, the stand-in lock, is it all the guarantee lock, and and almost like it was it was a more creative, more open performance from him as at flanker that I think I remember for a while. Mm. Um, and then his hair, I think his his hair kind of. His hairband came off in the second it's half. It's like locks were just flowing, <laughs> like as he was kind of. Up. And he was. I mean, he did some outrageous offloading as well, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, Talking yeah. of flowing locks, though, I did. I did want to make a special mention to Joe Joyce because I thought Joyce he was brilliant as always. Mm. He was. He was good at the line out. You know, Will Cape on. He had a few dodgy throws, and and Joe Joyce was right at the top of his. Uh, Tippy toes trying to trying to get all of them, and I thought it was a captain's performance led from the front, and you know I, I thought he did pretty well. Yeah. And uh, Miles, come to you then. Uh, anybody stand out in the backs for you? Uh, they were all a bit average, to be honest with you, weren't they? Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure anyone had, anyone had a bad game, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, obviously Harry Rounder was absolutely immense. And for sure, he's going to be back on Eddie Jones' radar. Uh, it was absolutely like absolute rocket, and he was so quick. You you know, uh, his 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 box kicks box kicks are getting better by the game. Yeah. His speed of pass is getting better by the game, and he was amazing last night. But I think, um, yeah, I'm not sure whether about they had a bad game uh, last night. I thought they were all all phenomenal. What do you think of Semi's performance? Well, it's tricky. I'm not. I was chatting to the Duchess before I came round here, and he said, "How did Semi play?" I went, "Well, he was he was Semi of this season," was my description. And I said, "He was great. He drew, you know, he, he did really. He, he did his typical. He drew three or four tacklers because uh, people know to target him." I said, "He didn't really." have any chance to do any sort of miraculous offloads that, that sort of led to tries but I said and I don't remember that he's had any of those this season so I said that's why you know he's 
he's not scored ahead of the Leicester game. Yeah, the Leicester game. He's not sort of. Um, that one took. Yeah. I, I think had the, 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 been playing as well as he has last season, but perhaps he hasn't been given the opportunity. And don't forget, he's he's not been the back that long, yeah. so it takes time. Yeah, he doesn't have all the backs. He, he stood out the least for me. Actually. He did do Someone's that got to mention Purdy. Come yeah. on, oh, just before we go on to Purdy, I mean, you're right. I, I thought I thought Sammy played all right. Actually, I thought mm. he was. He looked. He looked more as part of a team rather than just being. Let's give it to Sammy. Mm. And I think that that's good for him. I think the fact that other players took more of the the plaudits around him in terms yeah. of meters and and I thought he did some amazing work. I thought you're right. He. He, he, he had a bit more space, which helps, I think, because yeah. Stad Francais was standing off him a little bit, um, and he does take a lot of defenders with him. And when he and he didn't drop the ball, which is always good, uh, and he did do that one pick pick and go from the the ruck, didn't he? And um, tried to do an outrageous offload at the back of the hand, but only passed it to one of theirs. But I thought I quite like the fact that he was more of a it was more of a team performance for yeah. him, and he's he's. I, mean, I think what Miles defense, is saying yeah. is that he he, he wasn't. But I don't know it what wasn't ex- the breaks and it wasn't breaking the game line yeah. that you'd expect. But I think we've, to we've do, got but... to be realistic about what we expect from someone like him. We cannot just expect him to be amazing and score amazing tries. We have to create the situation. The team, the system has to create the situation for that to happen. So I think perhaps, you know, it's, it's just swings and roundabouts, but I think if he gets criticised for not breaking through the line because he's being tackled by like five people, that's not his fault, is it? We've no, got no. to create situations and I felt there was that was coming yeah. mainly because we had a bit more space but I think that gives of course then that gives the team confidence to try and do the same thing in the future so mm. I thought it was really kind of reassuring and positive his performance well it's nice to see some big uh, big numbers on the metres I mean Bristol made 643 metres uh, O'Connor 115 metres from 11 carries Ranrandra 92 metres from 17 carries uh, Morahan 87 metres from 11 carries Purdy 80 metres from 12 carries and Harry Randall 62 metres from 5 carries when you're getting that kind of stats in your oh, back line mm. you know uh, you know something's uh, something's going right and even if you're not scoring it's just exciting isn't it that's, oh, that's, yeah, yeah. And that yeah. was the thing it was ex- it was a much more exciting game well, we had something like less possession didn't we not we by did. a lot 48 mm. versus 52 yeah. and I think we had to make we made more tackles than them yeah, we did 151 we? to yeah. 100 Nate, yeah. So, yeah, away with that. Well, that's the perfect combination, perfect equation, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Loads of tackles, but loads of meters. It yeah. means that you're doing both things right. I got, I got a stat. I don't even know if Tony's got this one. What? I don't even, I don't even know if our stat man's got this. But Sheedy's first conversion. Yeah, took him. Took him. Oh, you do know. Yeah, it took, it took, <laughs> it took him to 216, which. Um, which elevated him past Adrian Jorapis, mm. a good old name from the past. Mm. Yeah. So congratulations to Callum. Congrats. Corn, congratulations. And yeah, if you look at the tackle count, again, um, Dan Thomas, 17, Fitzhardin, uh, 16, Chris Vui, 12, even Sinclair weighing in with 11. Uh, and I thought he, again, he looks better, doesn't he, mm. when it's uh, more yeah. broken play. Yeah. Uh, Free two neighbours for Vui Just do a well. cheeky little quick quick line a throw in the line or something like that I'm pretty sure he did yeah. uh, Sinclair <laughs> something a bit obscure. Sinclair's coming into form just in time for the uh, Six Nations to go away again to go away yeah let me come to you then Lee um, just just to kind of actually I'll come round to all of you and ask you the same question 
Um, how much can we read into this game as far as Bristol's progress this season? Um, you know, is it really the first sight of the old Bristol, or maybe we saw a bit of that against Sale, or was was this a good performance but against a French team that didn't send the big guns and maybe are more interested in making sure they they keep their league place where, where do you kind of sit on the balance yeah I think there's it's probably a balance between the two but I mean I would say obviously a win's a win I mean we could have lost that game and you know but it is a momentum builder off the back of the cell game isn't it and you know if we can win at Scarlet's now then we'll have three on the spin going into the bye week and that's always going to be good for confidence, isn't it? So, mm. you know, I, I think it's good, but I do think we kind of, we can't jump ahead of ourselves and think that we are, we are completely back on track. I think this, yeah, we're, we're heading the right way, um, but I don't think we're quite there yet. But we've still got some big guns to come back. So mm. I think when they come back, we, we, yeah, we could be, we could have a good push to the end of the season, I think. Okay, Miles, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I sort of agree with Lee. I think uh, we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves. I thought two wins back to back is great for confidence. Um, it's, it's a tough one next week, you know. That's that, like Pat said. We're pretty much could be facing a lot of the Welsh squad. That could be a tough game. They got obviously smashed this weekend. They're at home, um, so it'll be a tough game. But I think if you're right, if we get three on the bounce. That would be brilliant for confidence, but let's not get too ahead of ourselves. And Pete, again, just just your, your, your thoughts on that question. And, you know, we, we saw a very non-premiership opposition, as in it wasn't tight and heavy and big rush defence and trying to keep the ball uh, away from our back line. We saw a team that really came to play. And in the Lamb era, we always do well against teams that mm. want to throw it around. How much of the result from last night can we draw into the, you know, progression for, for maybe the league? Well, it, it just goes to show what we've suspected is that teams had worked us out this season and perhaps we have been a little bit remiss or slow, and I hesitate to say that because it's not probably not true, in adapting to our new circumstances. But it, it did go to show that when we do have some space, we have still got some of the best players in the in the in the land to to produce great running rugby. Uh, what in terms of going back to the Premiership, you know, how do we learn from that? I mean, I think the fact that we were able to execute quite a lot of those moves is is got to be a confidence thing. It's going to mean that we'll still want to do it. I just think we've somehow got to find a way to create situations like that against Premiership teams, um, so that we can express ourselves. I don't know how we do that really, but. It kind of shows that we have other teams have caught up with us. We now have to move on and we have to ad- adapt. Um, and and at any opportunity we get, we shouldn't be afraid. Don't be afraid to do what we do. Lee, I just want to just quickly, very quickly say, it was nice to see the boys throwing the ball around again because I think that's the ethos of our team is is to do that. And, and we haven't. I think we've got caught between a rock and a hard place between in the Premiership, especially we've been losing games and. We've lost that confidence of throwing the ball around because of opposition rush defence, and it was nice to see them. And I know it was a, you know, it wasn't a, like you said, saying like a full-on Premiership game. It was a European side we were playing against, so we had time to do it. 
but it was still nice that the, mm. that the guys were kind of building that confidence thought, on the pitch again. Mm. I think against Sale, we saw some signs of mm. different things. The way yeah. that Bedloe was trying to get wang the ball out wide quickly so we could exploit those spaces. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested. It'd be interesting after that bye week, after the Scarlets game, when we've got a bit of time to look what what we're like in our first Prem game back, whether we see a... Uh, a, a bigger spring in our step. I think that's why Bedlow's important to our side. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds crazy because he's one of the kind of less established players, so to yeah. speak. But I think Bedlow is an important cog for us going forward. Absolutely, that yeah. inside centre. We've all talked about it, haven't we? Uh, how, how important that's been and what a big hole Siali Piatau leaving. I'm not going to run through all the schools, but we'll just look at the the Pool B where uh, where Bristol are. Uh, Friday night, Cardiff 33, Harlequins 36. Yeah, I think game. you saw that game, didn't you? Brilliant game. Uh, what a seesaw game that was. And, I mean, the man Marcus Smith again. Yeah, he just <clears throat> he just orchestrates the whole opera, doesn't he? And, and he's so caught. And the way that he, he actually took his try to get Quinns back into that game was, was immense. And obviously to kick the points at the end... Um, you know, I, I just thought it was it was Quinns weren't at their best by any means, but when you've got a number ten, it's just dictating the play like that. When the chips are down, that's exactly what you want from the, from a number ten, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, then we got uh, Castre thirteen, Munster sixteen, uh, Wasps thirty to lose twenty two. Pete, that was a <sighs> massive surprise, yeah. especially with. Um, Wasps having a red card after yeah. was it thirty odd minutes and a dodgy one as well. Mm. But I think maybe that spurred them on a little bit. There was a an element of uh, of irritation. But I watched a bit of that game actually, and yeah, fair play to them. They they were they did everything you want them to do. They they, they were they were like lions, brave mm. like lions. And uh, we talk about M- Marcus Smith for Quinns, but what's his name? Barbary, Alfie oh, Barbary, had a great game. Mm. Um, he's obviously a very good talent if he can stay fit. I mean, there was a little bit of, oh, yeah, he should be in the England time. It's like, well, hang on, if I was Simmons and Don, Laws Don and Don Brown, it's like, yeah, all right. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he's got to do it over a period of time. So don't just, just because he has a good game. But he's clearly, a, he's one for the future. There's no doubt. He's knocking on the door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. One for the future. Uh, and then our friends over in Connaught thought they'd got a, a big win against Leicester Miles. But... Uh, you know, Leicester showing. I think we talked about it on the pod before. They're doing what we did last year and winning games <laughs> in late, the, in the last minute of the game. Yeah, I saw on. that. I thought Connor, some of Connor's tries were brilliant. I watched just a few of the highlights before we came round. But yeah, yeah, Le- Le- Leicester, those Tigers won't lie down, will they? Until what the 85th minute. And a fair play. It was on a slightly boggy Connaught pitch in, up in Galway. Um, but that's, that's what Welford Road used to be like, isn't it? I, so, so they're used to that. I do think fair play. One of the one of the Connaught fans had, uh, had posted out a tweet saying, uh, "Can someone contact the Garda because there has been a robbery?" <laughs> and I do think that was brilliant Irish humour. Fantastic. Absolutely. And then then today, uh, top of the table, Bordeaux forty five. Scarlet's 10 so uh, they've taken quite a, a beating today so uh, let's hope that knocks their confidence a little bit so if we look at the um, and just one other I am going to mention this game from Pool A um, Leinster 89 Montpellier 7 now have, have I missed something that Montpellier have disintegrated as a team but 
I mean that 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 was an enormous win in a Champions Cup game. Well, I mean it's embarrassing, really. Mm. Yeah, and do you think Leinster just you know just use this as a warm up for what they're going to do yeah. to Bath next weekend? Probably. I yeah. hope so. Yeah. I mean, Bath fans must be really looking forward to <laughs> <laughs> next week. Okay, so let's have a look at the table then, uh, Pool B table. So remember the top eight. Uh, qualify for uh, the round of 16 we've got Quinns on 14 Leicester on 14 Munster on 13 and then Bristol on 12 uh, then Bordeaux on 8 Connor on 8 Toulouse on 7 Wasps on 6 and then the four teams below that Castrey uh, Stade Francais Cardiff and Scarlet Stade Francais Cardiff and Scarlet's all on 2 um, so you would say from that if Scarlet's got anything to play for um uh, in this game but the answer is yes because if you finish 9th 10th or 11th then you will go into the Challenge Cup so you're going to prolong your European campaign so um, you know something more important than that as well Tim and we all it's the elephant in the room isn't it Joe, let, let, <laughs> let, let's, let's call the let's get some peanuts let's, let's call this elephant over <laughs> what is the elephant in the room the elephant in the room is they're playing an English side and not only an English side a side closest to the border of Wales that they'll get so uh, on the on the southern side so you know we we know when when we played uh, Pontypridd a few years ago I mean that was absolutely passionate wasn't it I mean it was players going down left right and centre and you know England Wales games that's what they're all about isn't it it's the rivalry the fierce rivalry and if nothing else that's what they'll be playing for team yeah yeah uh, well, we're going to talk about that in a in a minute, but um, I, I just had a cheeky look at the tables. If if this was the final table, who would we play over two legs in the next round? Quick guess, Pete. Leicester. Uh, I'm confused now. You have you played the other pool, don't we? We play, play yeah. the other pool. So we're fourth. We, no, they're top oh. of equal top of our pool. Oh, well, oh, oh I missed yeah. that. Oh, can I have another right, go then? So, so we're fourth in our pool. We'll we'll play fifth in in pool A. Okay, I. Is that a pass? I, I'm just hoping it's somewhere nice. That if it's getting in April, it'd be somewhere a nice away game in the sun. So, <laughs> I don't know, Bordeaux or something. Your thoughts? I don't know. I don't know. Not too long again. Uh, I'm going to go for Toulouse. European competition we'd face over two legs, that away trip, Exeter. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, it's not the end. That'd be a nightmare, wouldn't it? Yeah, you, you, really you, want to, you want to go abroad somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but at least we know we've got somewhere to stay if we went down. Well, well, the Miles Park is, Hotel. Yeah, Miles oh, is that's not finished yet. Miles is holiday home. <laughs> okay, uh, right. Uh, you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout, and many, many more platforms. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're Bears Beyond Gate, and on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Uh, okay, so next weekend it's 5:30 kickoff, Saturday the 22nd of January. Scarlets versus Bristol at Park E. Scarlets. Uh, well, before we talk about the game ourselves, it's not a Pete's Premiership preview. What what can we call these now? 
Um, Pete's European soirees or yeah, Pete. I don't really work, does it? Take Pete, does it Pink really? European chit chats. Uh, champion, no, Champions Cup champions chit chats. Ch- champions That's Cup chit chat. There we are. So with Pete first, Champions Cup <laughs> chit chat. Uh, we have Jed, who uh, is one of the uh, hosts of the Attacking Scrum uh, podcast. It's a Welsh rugby podcast. So uh, let's hear what uh, Jed had to say to Pete. Okay, so Jed, I uh, really appreciate you speaking to me tonight um, on a Wednesday evening. Um, before we get talking about uh, about the game, I just thought it'd be interesting to find out a little bit about the Attacking Scrum, uh, your podcast, you know, how you set it up, uh, how long it's been going and that sort of thing. Oh, thanks, Pete. It's great to be great to be on board. Yeah, we, we started the Attacking Scrum uh, in September 2016, so we've been going for five years or so now. And the idea was we, you know, I wanted to create a really hard-hitting uh, rugby podcast and and that has gradually gone out the window as, as every episode has gone by and turned more into uh, into into a few mates having a having a good chat about it. We, you know, we like to we like, we cover all the regions, we cover uh, we cover Wales. You know, we've had some we've had some great guests over the years as well. You know, we've had uh, Sam Warburton, Jamie Roberts was on recently, uh, yeah. Adam Jones. You know, we've had some 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 real you know legends of the game on, and it's it's been great fun doing it. But yeah, ultimately, a bit like yourselves, we we get together on a Sunday night, we have a chat about the game, uh, we have a, a little bit of a moan, as you can imagine, uh, a bunch of Welshmen like to do, and um, and, and yeah, it's been it's been going for five years, and we've had we've had a great fun doing it so uh yeah it's uh yeah uh, let's let's see if we've got another five years in us yeah no it's a, it's a great effort well i mean the reason we we do these little pre-records is is essentially to find out a bit about our opposition that to come and uh, and although we're recording this a relatively long time in advance i think it would be really good for our kind of listeners to to get a bit of a a general summary of how scarlets have been going this season and i know it's not been easy for quite a lot of the welsh teams uh, and and maybe highlight one or two of the players that you know stand out that we may uh, uh, have to look out for. Yeah, it's really interesting, Pete, because to be honest, your guess is probably as good as any of ours because it's been such a stop-start season for the Scarlets. You know, arguably more than more than any side, they've they've played such little rugby. You know, we know what happened in South Africa; they were stranded out there for a while, and then to come back. We had the postponed fixture that uh, they're supposed to play against uh, against Bristol in round one. Uh, you know, I, the the feeling amongst Scarlet fans is they're very, very, um, uh, very aggrieved about the the fact that that's going to count as a loss when you look at how many of the fixtures are going to go down as as draws and null and voids now. And and I can kind of see that to be to be perfectly honest because it was a, an absolute ordeal for them. Uh, following on from from that kind of debacle, they, they bounced back with a, a really good win over the Ospreys on New Year's Day, and they um, they looked they they probably didn't look the stronger side for a lot of that, but finished very very strongly and showed a, a, a lot of grit to um, to get away get away with a victory there. So it's really really hard to know what to expect from the Scarlets because they played so so little rugby um, in recent times. The season's not been a particularly uh, not been a particularly good one, I suppose. Uh, Scarlets have, have definitely been the flag bearers for Welsh rugby in in European competition in in recent years, but even then, we're kind of going back to 2018 when they reached the the semi finals. Um, but I, I think expectations were quite high when Dwayne Peel came in. Obviously, a guy you know very well from uh, from his time at Bristol, and you know comes with a, a very very big. 
reputation coaching wise, you know, uh, understood to have done a brilliant job at Ulster. Um, but that transition up to, to being kind of the, the top dog at Scarlet, perhaps, you know, wasn't as easy, uh, not as he expected, or perhaps it wasn't as easy as perhaps the, the press expected. Um, so it'd been a bit of a, a bit of a difficult, um, a bit of a difficult start, but they'll definitely, you know, I, I think we know that extra spice that is always there when, when the, um, uh, when the English sides play Wales, and um, it, it's just a shame that it's, it's I, your gut says it's going to be played behind closed doors. Um, when this goes out, you might know a little bit more about that. But um, but yeah, we all know what those those fantastic um, those fantastic occasions when uh, uh, when we get some some half decent crowds in Wales when the when the English sides come over the border. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's fingers crossed on that. I mean, the only positive thing really is the fact that. I think today it was announced that Scotland have, uh, are going to open up the stadium. So you maybe, maybe Wales might follow. But um, yeah, you mentioned Dwayne Peel. Obviously, that was uh, that's kind of one of the connections with with Bristol. I don't think having flicked through your squad, <laughs> there's many others. Um, yeah, I mean, just for some of our listeners, if you you know if you could just sort of maybe run through some of you know who are the big players for Scarlets, and then maybe one or two younger ones that you know may or may not play, but but just uh, sort of highlight some of the younger ones coming through. Would be interested. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the most standout, consistent performer this season and probably last season as well, he's probably a guy you're quite familiar with. And that's Sione Calamaphoni, uh, the the number eight. Of course, you you probably remember him playing for playing for Leicester. I think he's just he's been an absolutely terrific signing for Scarlets and his um he does exactly what you want from a from a big Saxy Island number eight. He carries incredibly hard. The amount of work that he gets through in a game, and it's not you know it's not always the the huge twenty yard breaks. Um, it's sometimes those two or three yards when you're under the pump that just buy you that extra bit of time for your for your scrum half or fly half to get a clear and kick in. Uh, I, I just think he's a, a hugely industrious player. And he is very much a you know a guy who you're going to need to have a big game. Obviously, we don't know what side is going to be selected for the game, but uh, you know if everyone's fully fit, I, I think he's one of the first names on the team sheet for me. Um, in terms of other players, you know within the squad, we've seen Reese Patchell come back to, to fitness in recent times, so he made a, a little cameo appearance off the bench and that that victory over the Ospreys on. Um, uh, on New Year's Day, uh, I think I'm right in saying that. Certainly, in one of the one of the, the fixtures over the festive period as well. And um, I, I just think he, I think this, I think the Scarlets are a different side when he's when he's uh, available and fully fit. And uh, he's such a great footballing option at ten. You know, he's got a big boot on him, uh, international top level experience, uh, and. When the Scarlets are playing their their best in those those seasons I mentioned earlier, you know when they they, they won the the Pro Twelve in 2017 and got to the semi-finals of the Heineken Cup in 2018, Patcher was absolutely crucial to them. Whether he's playing ten or fifteen, um, but I think you know he he's out and out their their best ten when he's when he's fully fit and available. So. It, but there's been a lot of talk this week about him potentially leaving and, and heading uh, and heading to England. We discussed this on the pod uh, on our pod last week. Hopefully, it's a bit of you know agent pot stirring to to get a nice a nice new contract. But um, you know you can see what you can see why he would be a, he'd be a very good fit for uh, for, <laughs> for your mortal enemies. Uh, yeah. uh, down the M4 at Bath, so them, but he, them he's, down the road. yeah, them down the road. Yeah, I mean, he's a. I think he's a, he's a he's a crucial player for Scarlets when he's when he's fully fit. And um, 
you know, and has every chance of featuring for Wales if he can um, if he can regain some fitness. So, uh, so he would be the the one I would say to to watch in terms of some of perhaps the the players um, whether or not he will, he'll feature or not I don't know. But uh, but Tom Rogers is a, is a very talented young winger who um, he picked up a cap for Wales um, a, a cap or two for Wales last summer when the players were away with the Lions. He's a big prospect again. You know, athletic. Good finisher, um, one of that one of those players you'd expect to um, to come through and really develop under Wayne uh, under Dwayne Peel. But uh, yeah, he's he's a really exciting prospect at, um, at the side, and yeah, I, I would say then yeah, outside of that. Um, you're probably down to some of the, the the really steady, reliable performers. So people like Steph Evans, who you know, again, you you'll have you'll have probably seen um, in in European games over the years. Player who struggled to make the step up to international level, um, but has always been, you know, a, a, a fantastic finisher for for Scarlets and you know a, a box of tricks and likes to take on his opposition winger. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's those, those kind of players that I'd be on the lookout for. But like I say, it's, it's it's so difficult to know because it's been such a stop-start season for uh, uh, for the men in red. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's that's really useful, really insightful. So, um, I mean, it's very difficult to to predict, but I'm going to put you on the spot, Jed. Um, we don't know whether there'll be fans there or not. Let's let either way. Um, Bristol has not haven't had a great season so far, although maybe getting back into a little bit of form uh, over the Christmas period. So, what do you reckon? What's your prediction for the result? <laughs> I, I'm probably going to make myself. Uh unpopular out in West Wales and I'm going to say I'm going to say it's Bristol by 10 or 12 and I think that Scarlet's will give a good performance and and you know kind of give a good account of themselves I think the problem is they've just not had the opportunity to play meaningful rugby and um, this is the thing that you know whether or not you've been getting results the performances I think that from what I've seen of Bristol have, have been moving in the right direction so obviously that win against Sale is a um <laughs> probably, probably a game you'd ex- you'd expect to win at home, uh, but at the same time, I think the um, the performances and the the kind of the the, the near miss against Leicester. That that stuff I think is really really good preparation for um, for Heineken Cup rugby. Whereas you know, like I say, that the Scots have really struggled to even get any get any get any games. Um, so I think they're still getting their way back to match fitness and. Um, and it has been, yeah, a real stop-start season. So, um, yeah, I'm probably going to make myself more popular with uh, with your listeners than with my own. Brilliant. Well, we'll see. And uh, obviously, it's about 10 days, I think, before the game. And, and obviously, both of us have got games this weekend. But who knows? Anyway, that's brilliant. I really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks very much for coming on Bears Beyond the Gate. Well, that's interesting. I, do you know when you sent me the clip... I was expecting, because I do like the Welsh accent, mm. I was expecting to hear this really nice rolling Welsh accent. Mm. Well, he didn't sound Welsh at all. No, he didn't, and I think his mum lives in Bristol. <laughs> <laughs> I think, to be fair, that he is one of three or four, like we are, and he's the he's the kind of main guy I contacted. But I think the others that do it on a regular basis are the sort of Welsh guys that you're expecting to. I think one of them's called the Mighty Murph. Uh, and there's a couple of big <laughs> units in there as well. So I would say, Tony, if you're disappointed, I I would go and listen to their podcast next week to, to hear the full thing. But Jed was, um, he li- I mean, obviously lives out in Wales. Jed was uh, was very very nice, very knowledgeable again. I mean, it's, it wasn't a specifically Scarlet's one. It was a uh, a Welsh regions, but he, he knew he knew his stuff, and it was it was nice to get a bit of a lowdown as usual. Absolutely, and the point that he made, I think uh, the game against Bordeaux was only their seventh competitive game of the season and uh, it's just so difficult to know 
exactly how they're going to turn up yeah. next Saturday. I mean, I think, yeah, clearly we've got an advantage over them, uh, but they're going to feel aggrieved about that 28-0 yeah. Um, and so they, result, well. so they mm. should do and I, I feel agree for them uh, as, to, as Lee has alluded um, it's an English-Welsh one and, and more importantly they've, the Welsh have announced the Welsh government have announced that it will be you know, just a normal game so there's going to be a big crowd there um, which we didn't know when the podcast was we didn't know when I was talking no, to no. Um, so that's going to add a little bit of extra Niggle John, to the Jonathan occasion. Davis is back as captain yeah. for them as and, well, uh, so that will be an And obviously surprise. Wayne Peel, uh, Dwayne Peel, sorry, uh, with as has, has got his Bristol link, so he's going to want to put on a good show. Uh, so uh, and and the most important thing of all, Miles and me are going to be on the supporters coach there. We're sending the elite troops over the and border. I, and I, I, heard, <laughs> I think Dwayne it might make Dwayne Peel have a little think about his selection there. Might up the are game you boys bit. being parachuted in? We are. Yeah. Well, we're getting a private. Yeah, you know that that swanky uh, boat on the docks with this private helicopter oh, yeah, at the yeah, moment. Yeah. yeah, that's how Pete and I get in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well let's uh, let's have a look at. Um, the game then, Lee. Um, how do you think Pat's going to uh, approach this one? Because uh, we've qualified now. Um, we sit in fourth, which uh, would mean that uh, I think we would, in the two-round round of 16 knockout, we would have home advantage for the second leg. Um, but if we were to progress uh, past into the quarterfinals and semi-finals, unless you can get in the top two, you don't guarantee home advantage. So is Pat going to think, well, actually, this is a chance to blood some people, give them a bit of European experience, or is he going to go for it all guns blazing? No, I think Pat's already come out on air, hasn't he, and said that he's going to go all guns blazing. I mean, the top two is going to be a push, by the way. Mm. I mean, it's still, you know, but you've got to go for it, haven't you? And you don't know what's going to happen. So I I fully believe we'll go all guns blazing. We've got a bye week the following week, haven't we? Mm-hmm. So there's there's no reason for us to rest any players or blood anyone in. Um, and I think we, we will go, you know, top of the tree, I think, personally, top 15 and, and the subs as well. All the replacements are going to be strong. Okay, Miles. Bearing in mind that you said he was going to shuffle the pack last week, uh, I'm, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, uh, if you look at the forwards, do you see uh, see many changes there? Uh, yeah, he's not going to make any for the whole squad. <laughs> That's my prediction. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, we saw Luatura come on at what sixty or seventy minutes. Um, back from injury, which is really encouraging. We know what a difference he can make. Uh, but Josie's done a great job captaining um, yeah I, you know I think we might see more game time from Lua Tua uh, he could swap out a flanker but other than that I think the team that played yesterday they didn't look really any injuries um, it wouldn't surprise me if we send a very similar squad very similar front uh, front eight yeah. Lua Tua though surely if he's fit Pete doesn't he have to play? Yeah, I think I actually think what will happen is he'll come in on the flank. Yeah, Louis will go back to, to Lock. Probably Hawkins will go to the bench, um, and I think Joyce will play because we've got a week off afterwards. Why not? I mean, if you've got momentum, keep going. Uh, we'll probably uh, we'll keep Harding. Do we say that? Hey, I just think yeah, the ability that he provides, yeah, and he's so. a he's a he's a strong boy as well, and he's the tackle rate and the ways that he's elusive out of the tackle. When he gets smashed, he doesn't crumble crumple I should say so I quite like the idea of that little back row um, so yeah yeah, definitely Lua 2 is going to start and that will give us solidity in our line out yeah. as well um, and I think we've got to go there expecting we're going to get a 
a tough time up front. Yeah. Yeah. And Lee, let me come to you then. Uh, the backs, do you see any changes there? Uh, I mean, it's a tough one because we don't know about Bedlow yet, do we? I, I mean, I, I'm guessing that because of Shoulder, the injury... they said, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. because of the, the injury, I think that he probably will still be rested. So I, I can pretty much see the same back line that we played this week. Um, I, I can't see anyone that would come in. Um, but I do think if the game is won, then, then the replacements, but you know, Pat will bring on a few. Like, I thought Frisch actually was, was quite good yeah, when he came was. on yeah. as well. Um, but Frisch, no, I, Frisch I, was fresh, wasn't he? He was, he was. He didn't Frisch look out, Frisch. He, he didn't look out of water at all, did he? No. What, about, is this a good, what about is this a good opportunity, as we well know, that Siva could be fit for next weekend? That's he, been quite well sort of. He could be, but I don't know if I'd throw him in against Scarlets. I don't know. On the bench? But on the bench, yeah, yeah on the bit, bench. A bit of game time at the end, there's yeah. no reason why not. He'd... Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good chat. I mean, we want him back in the in the Premiership yeah. side as, as quickly as we can, don't we? but he's been out for a long time, so... Yes. Yeah, possibly. That's a good shout, Miles, on the bench, on the replacements bench. And, and again, let me come to you, Pete. Um, I'm, I'm not sure we know the extent of Charles Piertow's knock, uh, but if he was fit, what would you do? Well, I mean, it's hard to say why he should come back in if uh, if Morahan is available and in Pat's plans. I, I don't think at the moment Piertow perhaps had done enough this season to automatically get back in. I think he's, he's got to work his way back. And, uh, and I think also, let's be honest, because Morahan's playing while at fullback, maybe Pat will think, well, let's not risk Piatau anyway until, mm. we, until we, we go back to the Prem because then he can have a bit more recovery. You know, we know he's class. It's not as if he's got to go away and learn stuff, has it? So, yeah. you know, if he's, if he's fresh, so I would, have, you know, I would have suspect that the reason he doesn't come in is not is because it would perfectly... Perfectly got a good, perfectly good replacement at the moment, and, and it gives him a bit of time to, to be ready for the first Prem game back. So I, I wouldn't, I don't expect him. I think if he was fit, he would come in. I think Pat would. I don't know. Would, yeah, well, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, he, he, and then yeah. Morehand drops in instead of Lloyd on the. But it's hard wing, though because but... Lloyd is. We've we've talked about the fact that oh you know he's Lloyd really a winger but he's now starting to look like he really he's, is he's a winger. Trickle toes. And, uh, he just needs to stay in one position yeah, for a while, yeah, doesn't and he? he was, and, and he's learned. And the thing is, he'll learn his trade. And I thought he was. I mean, his defence was good. Yeah. On Saturday, I mean, he is electric. So I, I can't see any reason at the moment to to change our wingers because they're on a roll. I mean, yeah. why change? You know, they, they, I mean, Purdy particularly came back quite quiet, didn't he? The first game he came back, and then he's just got better and better. Just don't stop it. I, I mean, the only thing, I can't see any changes. And obviously, Sheedy's going to want to play, and Lloyd's going to want to play anyway in Wales to kind of get their profile up for potential international picks. So, yeah, yeah I mean, you know, who's, um, yeah, I say Bedlow, isn't it? I, I, was, I was thinking about Bedlow, about his shoulder injury. I wonder if it's because he did those massive long passes against Sale <laughs> and it's taken him and like he can only do his shoulder out. Yeah, he's put yeah. his shoulder out doing it. But but Piers looks a bit rejuvenated, he looked good. didn't he? Yeah. Actually, well, he loves a bit of space, Piers, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And he, loves to, he loves to be on someone, he loves a break, uh, someone breaking so he can be on someone's shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. And Connor will always do that against yeah. a team that, that won't, you know, yeah. pressure. Yeah, and I think I look back now and think he got a bit of, he got a bit of, criticism early in the season I think it was a bit perhaps a bit a bit ru- rushed and a bit harsh that criticism you know people go up and down in form don't they but mm. he is a cl- I think he is a class player both defensively as well as 
offensively. So I'm really pleased that he's he's come back good. Okay, well let's uh, let's put our money where our mouths are then. Um, continuing his his prediction streak was miles uh, yeah. last oh, week. Oh, uh, Mr. General, is this two in a row? It's two in a row. Oh. Predicting a thirty-two seventeen uh, Bristol win, and of course it was twenty-eight seventeen. Only an aggregate four out, which in fact was Lee a bit off the off the pace in his prediction. He was a little bit with a seven all draw. That was a, I've got to say a little, little bit disappointing there, Lee. Uh, just to try and make up, I'll, I'll let you go first for, Thanks, for this Tone. one. Thanks, Tim. I'm going to be. I think I'm going to be on the money with this one. I'm going for a Bristol win, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go for twenty-four seventeen victory. Twenty-four seventeen. And we'll be singing the Blackbird. Okay, Pete. Well, I've got to say that one of my our eagle-eyed listeners, in fact, someone I work with, um, he last week he heard me say they were going to score one try but get twelve points, and I think he worked out that it's impossible to get twelve <laughs> points if you score a try because if you only get five, then uh, don't convert. Yeah, then two penalties. You can't, is, two penalties yeah. is uh, is eleven, and if you convert, that's seven, <laughs> and two penalties is uh, is he a mass teacher in your school? Exactly. Yeah. So, so fair play to I should give him a shout out. It's my mate Morgan. Who I work with, and he 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 pointed that out to me. Stick to the geography. Stick to the geography. Oh well, I mean, I hate predictions. I don't know. I mean, I think we'll go there. Uh, what did you say, Miles? I, I haven't it. Yet. I said it yet. What did you say? Leo wasn't listening. Twenty-four, 24 seventeen. 17 I'm going to go twenty-five eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> Can they do that? I don't know. No, no, no. I no, but they can as long as you don't specify convert. what yeah. sort of points it is. So I'm not saying anything. Uh, Miles. Yeah, I think they'll. It's not going to be a runaway. They'll they'll come out strong. They want to. Um, I might go up to twenty eight to twenty five. Uh, well, I, I'm I'm a bit more confident, boys. I'm going to go Bristol thirty-one, Ooh. Scarlet seventeen. I think uh, I think we'll win by by two scores. Um, well, uh, one more thing I just wanted to uh, cover on this one. Then uh, it's that time of year where, depending on your point of view, you get very excited or very worried about who is going to be called up for the international squads. So uh, let me come to you first, Lee. If we if we look at England, um, who do you think might be saying uh, "tara" to the Bears for the next uh, couple of months or so? Well, I think there's two obvious ones for me now after Randall's performance yesterday. Um, Sinclair is he's, he's he's nailed on, isn't he, yeah. to to go for the Six Nations and and Ari Randall, I think. With Rafi Quirk being injured, as we've already alluded to, um, I think Randall's Randall's in the in the squad. Um, I just hope that you know if he does go, he comes back to Bristol in one piece. Because twice now, he's it hasn't happened, does it? He's so, gone and got broken. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, obviously Sinclair, we've got a foe, and hopefully he can stay fit. You know, there's a worry about the depth there at uh, tight head, but with the way Randall's playing. You know how much of a concern is is that that we might lose him for for three weeks? Uh, th- you know, two two yeah. and a half months. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I mean, it is a concern because Randall's playing some fantastic rugby, and he and he we are a better side with him in the team. But it's again, it's another opportunity for Randy Uren to step up, isn't it? And to be fair, last season with COVID, when Randall was out, 
Uren stepped up and he was fantastic. He played a lot of minutes as well yeah. and he never let us down. So he's not, we all know he's not a similar type of player, but I think he's he's solid enough that we're going to be absolutely fine. Yeah. And of course, Whiteley, I think he's he's looked yeah. good with his little cameo performances. So so we might see a bit more of him. Yeah. Let me uh, let me come to you then, Pete Wales. Do you think they'll be knocking on the Bears' door for any of our players for the Six Nations? It's a difficult one, this, isn't it? I, I my instinct is that Sheedy may miss the boat, uh, but he obviously has got some credit in Pivac's bank, as it were. And he is a he's a reliable sort of bloke. I, you know, as a kind of reliable alternative. Um, I, it depends because uh, Anscom is probably shot. I would have thought, even though he came back. Patchell, who else have they got? Priestland back there. I, yeah, it's, it's it's hard to see. Callum bigger, bigger. bigger. I mean, of course, bigger be number one. Yeah, it's, it is hard to see it unless Pivac likes the fact that he's just wants one slightly sort of not not as charismatic and and fairly solid. And he hasn't played badly for Wales. When he played for Wales, he's, he's probably played better. You know, mm. he's played well for them. So, and then the other one, obviously, is Lloyd. We've we've wondered whether he's you know he's not he's too small to be a, a winger or a fullback at international level, and he's not going to get in there at ten at the moment. But he has put in some some eye catching performances on telly in the last couple of weeks, and he might be a, as a utility player stuck in there. It'd be a shame for us, I think. I, I'm not sure it'd be good for him. I think he could do with another season to cement something like we need to cement this if he's going to play wing we would like him to play and then perhaps in the summer on a Welsh tour somewhere he, he might get taken so I, I hope not Let's just interesting you what you and Miles think about Sheedy because uh, I think he might he might squeak in in front of back well I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm kind yeah, of thinking he, he might yeah that's what I'm saying I I I don't know the fitness of the because there were four that were picked for the autumn internationals yeah mm. Um, biggest Pat, playing biggest I know um, Priestland's play well he came on for Cardiff yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. so he's fit uh, and Anscombe is he um, I haven't heard that he's in I think he's, he's, he's still bad, into he's his not, he's recuperation not isn't he um, uh, I don't know I, I think Sheedy might miss out partly because I don't think he's the most versatile 10 you know um, I haven't ever seen him play at full back I am you know yeah. Maybe he doesn't have that that running threat, um, but I don't know. Fifty-fifty. I think you and Lloyd actually might be more of the surprise one. Uh, someone younger, much more for the future, and someone that he knows he can he can put in and fill in on the wing. Could fill in at full back. You're right. Is he big enough and uh, got enough experience to to play that at international level? Well. There's only one way you find out, isn't yeah, there? And that's yeah, uh, yeah. that's throw him in. Okay. So, so I, I I got a sneaking suspicion if one of them goes, it will be, be Lloyd. And I think Wales have got kind of nothing much to lose. They're they're obviously defending their title, but they've had they've got a lot of injuries. I, I don't think anyone really expects them to defend it, given the fact that perhaps they were a bit lucky last season with all those yellow cards and stuff to, to red get cards yeah, to get. Yeah. So I I wonder whether they might put in a few flyers a few bolters well with the World tone. Cup as well yeah. you know next yeah. year you know yeah. you've got to start because I mean it's not as if they hasn't you know he got picked when he was even younger so yeah. you know it's not as if they think he is it's not that they don't think he's uh, good enough 
and that was when he was a yeah, bit he's younger. On the radar, so for sure, he's definitely yeah. on the radar. So yeah, I think you could be right there. So Miles, uh, any call ups for Scotland, Ireland, or, or France from from the Bear Squad? Uh, none. <laughs> and you don't think Frisch might edge his way in? Yeah, he's not really. No, he's uh, it's lack of game time, and he's still being bedded in in sort of a <laughs> English way of rugby, isn't he? So not not this year. No, and I think Jake Kerr probably might no. might miss out on yeah. the uh, on the Scotland squad. Yeah, I think so. Not going to add to his uh, his one cap. Well, um, gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's great to be back uh, at Lee's Love Nest. Uh, the oh, four yes. of us around the microphones again. So uh, that's it for this show. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave a review or rating for us on your podcast platform. Uh, we'll be back next week with our review of the Scarlets game. Until next time, au revoir, stay safe and come on, Briz.